How's it going, everyone? This is Dr. Chris Van Teel here with another episode of the Odyssey Performance Podcast. Today, I am very lucky to be joined by my friend Jordan Clark, who has played soccer at many different levels in many different places and has a lot of different experiences. So I'm very excited to chat with her today about all of those things. So how's it going? How's it going, Jordan? I'm very good. Thanks. How are you? You're well. So you are currently working to go to tryouts, correct? Some kind of trial opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of there's stuff maybe in the in the wings that I'm just prepping for to be yeah. ready at a moment's notice. Yeah. And this is not your first rodeo with that, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So before we get into all that, <laughs> tell, walk us through kind of your coming up, your whole journey up to where we are now. Oh goodness. Um so, I mean, I've been a soccer player slash kind of athlete my whole life, right? So my parents were athletes. Um, dad was more tennis, mom was more soccer, brought up playing both of those sports pretty competitively. And then, you know, when you really get to that turning point of that age where you can really be competitive and serious, they're like, okay, you got to pick one because these take up too much time to be able to do both. So I went the soccer route and uh, moved around a bunch when I was little from state to state a bunch of times. Um, so it was hard kind of getting that like political lock-in name as a kid that you can get as a youth player going into your next phases of like the higher levels of soccer. Um, and so I moved at a pretty tough time, but kind of still found my way to fight through and get into a division one college and played at the University of Akron while I went to nursing school there. And then I've always aspired to be a pro soccer player. So like I was going to dig and grind to make that happen any way that I possibly could. Yeah. And um, unfortunately the women's league professional league that was in place when I graduated uh, folded that year. So there wasn't really a full on professional opportunity here in the States. They did a replacement league, which I participated in for FC Indiana in the WPSL elite league. And then I got an opportunity to play over in Germany and went over there and played and just kept doing, trying to find my way into the really higher uh, echelons of soccer and haven't had that like real big breakthrough yet, but got to play some professional soccer, which was a big goal of mine. And, um, and I've had a lot of, of fun and a lot of, a lot of tough times too on the way. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's been an interesting journey. And then here I am now, I'm just looking for any opportunity still not ready to give up yet. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so playing in a bunch of different, youth areas would mm -hmm. find that everywhere you played had a similar culture of how they're trying to develop players would you say that it's very different in different parts of the country um and everyone has kind of a different viewpoint of what their athletes are capable of or anything like that oh yeah that's a good question so to me it was pretty similar actually um and not not to uh, almost to the detriment of U.S. soccer, I think, too, um, and finding athletes because it is a very political one kind of track minded system that we have going on. And I was lucky sprinkled in there to have a couple coaches that were kind of phenomenal and didn't probably didn't even realize that they're a little bit against the mold when I look back at it now. Um, but at least in, within their way of coaching their team. So I like I was lucky for that. But in the whole system, you know, they were still kind of fed into back then it was Olympic development program. ODP was like the only way to maybe get into the national team. Now they are starting to kind of have little branches here and there to give youth kids 
that can't get into that one route, um, an opportunity to be seen by people at that level, um, which is great. And I hope that there's more advancements that way. But I would say it's typically like they put you in your age group and you play with that club. And if you're not one of the top clubs that's getting scouted by colleges or other other people like that, then you don't get seen, you know, yeah. so, and I was lucky because we didn't have a lot of money that, you know, I got like kind of scholarships or people would let me play despite my situation of not being able to afford a lot, which really gave me the opportunity to even be where I am now, which was a battle in itself. So yeah, um, yeah without people allowing me to do that along the way, I wouldn't be here where I am for sure. Yeah. So when you get to college at Akron, mm -hmm. as a freshman, you had potentially like a different route than a lot of the other players there that maybe stuck with one club all growing up and For sure. were likely like local kids the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, so what was that like coming in being not necessarily an out of towner, but not having those, Oh, I played with the same girls from when I was eight. And then three of us are on this team and like, yeah. Like, yeah so how was that? It's uh, it's tough. It's tough for sure. Um, they definitely, a lot of them, all the other, freshmen minus just a couple knew each other going in right so I didn't even realize when we were sending emails emails out to like pick a roommate like me and this other girl were like the last ones left and just got put together right because everyone else was already like oh we're friends we're friends and they're they were already together so there's it's hard to come into those tight-knit kind of cliques and soccer girls can do that in particular I think um in general so it's definitely a challenge to try to break into that and I was I definitely felt like an outcast a little bit in the soccer world too. Um, Cause a lot of those girls there, even though it's division one, I am like, I'm, a, I'm just like, so one track minded. I'm like top level soccer, like division one. I'm like, this is it. Everyone cares as much as I do. And they, yeah. they want to be as serious as I do, but a lot of them still just want to be like students, like college students, you know, yeah. and, and have fun and that kind of stuff. And then play some soccer in the meantime and I was very much an athlete student like I think <laughs> I mean I cared about my studies and I got good grades and all that right yeah but um soccer was my main focus for sure and when you have that kind of mindset and they aren't on that path it is hard to connect as much as you would like to yeah do you think having that experience when you got to college and kind of that awakening that it's not necessarily what you expect it to be do you think it helped you when you got to Germany and of course like you had some players from that are from Germany and speak the same language, which is very like a whole new beast that you didn't like. Yeah. Then the girls that knew each other growing up, like now you have girls that speak a different language altogether. Right. Like, that helped prepare you at all? Totally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause actually I think my college setting was way more vicious than Germany huh. for sure. Uh, yeah, the German girls, even though some of them are a little closed in, it was only because they, even though they spoke wonderful English, they were embarrassed thinking that they didn't speak great English. And so they would only speak German. So they would keep to themselves. But if you went to them and started trying your best to speak German, like I was terrible, but tried my best to speak German, they yeah. were still really friendly and like interested and curious and they wanted to get to know you. And they're in awe of American soccer players. Uh, so you had a little bit of that, but college, I felt pushed aside and secluded so but going through that definitely prepared me to be better for that situation where you're scared and terrified going in not knowing anybody in a completely different country yeah. or some people don't speak English you know and like that's all you can and I didn't I took French in high school so that didn't help <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Uh, <laughs> how about like the level of play and the resources and that kind of stuff? Like what, what surprised you most when you got to college? Um, was it faster play than you expected? Was it similar to some of the clubs you had been in before? Um, was college soccer a surprise to you at all? Um, I would say a little bit. It was more, for me, more, it definitely was faster play, which took a minute to get used to. And I think that's all goes to, for almost everybody going into the college setting. Like it definitely is at any division one school that you're going to, and even some really great division two schools, um, have that kind of changeover that you need to adapt to. And, um, but I also was a little surprised at, well, because I'm at a mid-range D1 school at the time, you know, so it wasn't as intense and no one else was as like super dedicated as, as I wanted to be. And I was so excited to have it be. Um, and so trying to get everyone on the same page in that realm was tough, especially freshman year under a different coach. And so that one was more even a, a little bit more typical U.S. soccer where we're going to be better, faster, stronger, and just kind of cram it down at the net and try to push it through. Yeah. Um, the next coach that I had come in was phenomenal. One of my more favorite coaches that I've had during my career. And even though it's not a quick fix to being the best right away, he was actually trying to get us to have systems and flow of the game and meter based off of what the opponents were giving us and what we were good at and what our, our focus was trying to be. And we would strategize differently based off the teams that we were playing. And it was much more uh, tactical, strategical in that way, rather than just going off of skill and strength and speed, yeah. uh, which I think is a little bit too much the focus of American soccer. Um, and so that was like, that fit me wonderfully. I think I have a little bit more of a European style in general anyway. Um, and so like, I loved playing under him. Not all of our players did, but most of them did. And like, and he, even though, again, like I said, it wasn't like the quickest fix. Um, so our school didn't always lock into that. He definitely made us better. And we got into the conference tournament, which we never had before for a really young program. When I signed on as a freshman, we were only eight years old as a women's soccer program. Wow. Yeah. at the school so um okay. but yeah so I thought that was pretty incredible and I was really lucky to be a student under him basically yeah so then you when you went to Germany from there mm -hmm. was it a sh like were you shocked at the way they trained more tactically based versus more fitness based or were you kind of expecting of that like what was what was the shock going from college to pro in Germany um, that one was, they definitely, it was still pretty segregated uh, between the women and the men, right? So I was at Karlsruhe or KSC and like the men got to play in this pretty incredible stadium and we got to like play on their practice fields off to the side with no bleachers even to sit. Like people are standing next to a post that's waist high, um, you know, the five people that like came to watch and, um, <laughs> and like, and that's what we got to train on and play on. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you still had these really nice uniforms and we had the club restaurant and our locker rooms weren't amazing, but you know, you had facilities and that kind of stuff. Um, and so I think I was expecting a little bit more, but all that soccer enthusiasm was definitely still towards the men's side. 
Um, and so that disparity between the women and the men was a little more shocking because I expected it to be there, but yeah. not as severe as it was in for a European country where football is like, you know, where yeah. I hoped it would be. Um, but I also definitely enjoyed their style of play a little bit better. It is a little bit more team oriented, a little bit more systematic, um, not locked into one system. You, you go based off of what the game allows you to create in that moment, which I yeah. think is is a pretty powerful way to play and one that'll get you the most success in the long run. Yeah. And having that disparity in the difference in resources, um, did you have to rely more on things you had picked up on how to take care of your body and all that stuff from what you learned throughout your career? Where was the club there still good about sharing those kind of resources is like nutrition, PT, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we actually did have pretty good resources there. So we had a physiotherapist there that we could utilize um, and this nice little center that was off-site um, where we could go and get some treatments. Um, and we had one specific trainer that was like for our women's team in particular, and she was pretty great. And so you could get like some massage therapy and recovery tools and that kind of stuff done, which I definitely took advantage of. And college, I think, taught me that the most like our training room especially because we put money into our football stadium and so like women's soccer got to go over to that training room in that facility which was incredible like when we got the that those resources where we had the hot and cold tubs and um you had you know the scraping like washa kind of um graston techniques um done for in like massage after we had a really great athletic trainer come in my later years who would do this kind of flushing massage of our muscles because we had to play Friday night and then Sunday afternoon, which is a really fast turnaround for <laughs> tough soccer. And a lot of times, like if you tie, like you have to go into overtime, no matter, and it's not golden goal, you're playing that extra 30 minutes Yeah. in a lot of like muddy field conditions where like your foot sinks in and like, so you're tired and heavy. And so like, uh, definitely that was the initial beginning of me learning how to really take care of my body during a season. Um, yeah. That kind of led me to the point where I am now, where I kind of, I self nerd out on trying to find new and better ways of, of doing that and take care of myself, especially, you know, as you're getting older. So you, you even have to even more. So. Do you think that your background in nursing helps with that? Cause you know, a little more like the physiology side of things. So you can tailor things a little bit better that way, or is it, is a nursing background just kind of, a, oh, I know what I should be doing, but I'm still not doing it. <laughs> I think the nursing background is a blessing in the fact that I do have that knowledge and I was classically Western medicine trained. Yeah. And because it allows me to have a broader scope, because there's a lot that I actually disagree with in that world and that medical world that we have here yeah. in the US and our in our medical system. And so it actually allows me to have that kind of insight where I was down that path of being, you know, taught and we had a really good nursing program at Akron, like they were really good nursing school. So um, it was intensive and I got a really good education and I know and learned a ton from that. And I think there are some really great things about the Western medicine world. Uh, I just think we're really good at acute care and not about like chronic or preventative yeah. care. And so I think what I like is that having that baseline background of that and then allowing myself to know kind of what information to lock on to 
outside of that, I guess, because I don't think that that's like just symptom management and throwing pills in your face for every problem that you have should be our first go-to, you know, of, of treating people. So I like to look at other options first, um, outside of that in a more holistic naturopathic approach if I can. And then if, if you need to go that kind of more Western route, which is amazing in itself when it's necessary. Yeah. Hey, preaching to the choir about not just using pills to hide a bunch of injuries that are just going to get worse. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Almost like what I do every day. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> so you went from nursing and playing or rather playing and nursing to mm-hmm. strength conditioning training, right? Right. Right. So how did you get more towards that? And what was that based off of something you found in your play that you wanted to learn more about, or is it something that you just kind of did and you realized a lot of players didn't. And so you wanted to move into that world. How did mm-hmm. those things go ahead? Um, so college actually was another one that kind of brought me towards that. As I was going through nursing, I was, my teammates would definitely agree with this, that I was never very into nursing school <laughs> and it drove them crazy. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I saw um, coming in every day, like the strength and conditioning coaches right for our teams. And I loved that workout facility. I loved our field house that we had. Um, and I just remember looking at those guys and one, I enjoyed the sessions that they would put us through where we go through our warmups and then we do speed and strength training and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, that would be really great. I've, to, to me, that calls to me, like I could come in every day and put teams through this and help people get feel better and, and stronger and more athletic. Um, and then, and then have that be my job if I can't play soccer. And so I was like, I always had that, like, kind of just put tucked in the corner of my mind of like, that looks pretty cool. And then I was also gravitating towards coaching. And so, um, but then in addition, I think one thing actually was a physical therapist. So like I tore my ACL in college, um, and had to rehab that and have a red shirt year, my sophomore year. Um, and so over Christmas, when you go home, instead of working with my athletic trainer out of the college, I went to see a physical therapist. And luckily, like, gosh, we had a really, really great one at Ash in our area uh, with active physical therapy, because he, he would travel the world and find all these different techniques and different practices based on everybody. And I think he's got a very similar approach to what you do, which I really gravitate towards. And I think is ultimately the best the best route of looking at your entire body and integrating it back into your sport. Um, so it's, he, he didn't just look at my knee and say, oh, this is injured. Let's just fix this one spot. He's like, yeah, let's work on this and get the knee to do what it needs to do. But then let's also provide you the activities that we need to, to get you integrating throughout your entire body, your knee working with the rest of your leg and the rest of your body to do what it needs to do yeah. in soccer, you know? Um, so we would progress to doing like, not just strengthening the muscles around the knee, but also how to move and cut properly. Um, and in a progressive to like a reactive athletic setting. Um, and so I just, the way that he ran his practice uh, was pretty fascinating to me. And I thought, and I felt great working with him. Um, yeah. And I, and like, now I, I feel like I have no issues. Like I never had any injury. It feels better than my other leg, you know, like, um, which I think is a huge, huge deal and that we could use a lot more of people like you and him in this world that provide that for people, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I, in leagues that we've played together, like you still have people who say, oh, I had 
an injury 15 yeah. years ago and like it's still like feels weak like still yeah is amazing to me exactly um, so yeah i think you're right i think that you got very lucky and it's also interesting that you had to kind of seek that out on your own versus mm -hmm. like that being the first time you went to a physical therapist versus your college saying okay like use our athletic trainers which mm -hmm. are great but everyone's got to got kind of has their scope uh, exactly and looking for where's the specific training to what I need right now. And everyone's not the same when it comes to rehab kind of stuff. Exactly right. Yep. So let's talk about the mental piece that goes into all that. I mean, you've in Germany, you were playing with a bad ankle, uh -huh. you had the knee injury in college. Uh -huh. What is that like when your whole mind is set on becoming that pro player and everything like that? And then you pick up an injury that is the mental piece of like that you're not playing at hundred percent is almost worse than the injury itself. Lots of times. Yeah. Uh, how'd you get through a lot of that? Where did you learn that mental strength? How does that, like, where did that come from? How did you grow through that? Oh gosh. Um, that's really good. Um, I would say I've always had a little bit of this weird intensity, um, and grit when it comes to sports, I don't feel normal with that, but <laughs> It's, so, it's just been been something in me since I was little. Um, you know, my uncle likes to make fun of me because I just playing basketball and shooting around with him. Like I would hate losing and I would get so mad. Um, and he calls me out on it all the time and it's pretty funny, but um, it is worse feeling that you can't be a hundred percent. Like I love feeling like an athlete and I love putting everything I have into it. Uh, and I've always been that way. And I've just, it's been something I'm so passionate about and I can't get rid of it if I, if I even tried. Um, and it is super tough because that was, I, I know the year that I tore my ACL, like it got infected after I had a, I almost died that year. Like I had a teammates weren't very nice to me that year and I was alone a lot. And so it was incredibly challenging. That was probably my biggest struggle to get through that um especially when you're part of a team that's supposed to be like a family yeah. um and you just feel kind of set to the side uh that was super challenging but um growing up i had some hardships too so that helped me get through that with some family issues and that kind of stuff with like my father and those kind of things um and so i already knew kind of how to battle through and because i think i had to move so often as well and when I came, moved from California in eighth grade to Ohio, that community in Ohio was a little bit ritzier, white, white neighborhood, and everyone is very locked into their uh, cliques, and they already got their friends that they've grown up with their entire lives and that kind of stuff. And so trying to move at that age into that kind of setting was very difficult. Um, so that prepared me for the college setup for that. And then those two things helped really prepare me for Germany to not be so phased yeah. um, by all that. And so I got through that. And a lot of the under underclassmen for me that came in were just really great human beings and personalities. And so that helped me a ton being able to like bond with some of them and connect with them yeah. as opposed to who I was dealing with already um, and that kind of stuff and feeling like a little bit shunted yeah. during with the upperclassmen and some of my classmen, so. <laughs> Um, but it's definitely when you take the athlete out of me, that's that's the toughest thing. But I quickly have found the best way to get through that is to mentally shift 
all my focus of being a really good soccer player and the best soccer player I can into rehabbing the best so that I can be even stronger on the other end. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is a really huge deal that got me through a lot of stuff. Cause when you can shift that focus onto like, okay, this is my job and my task now to make me a better soccer player, as opposed to just training and technicals and skills being the thing to make me the best soccer player. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very important. So a lot of people focus on like what they're missing as opposed to saying like, realizing what they are now which is okay like if I don't take care of this stuff I'm not going to be the athlete I used to be anyway so it yeah exactly so why did you feel like you had to play through the bad ankle in Germany versus trying to take the rehab route I felt that way because I never had um a very good line in so I feel like our system in the U.S. in particular and even around the world, but it's getting better in other countries, um, is very locked in. And if you don't have that, like that youth name and that political, you know, following and like kind of clout behind you, it is hard to get into the higher levels. And if you don't go to like one of the top colleges, like UNC Wilmington or, or not Wilmington, um, Chapel Hill, uh, and like those kind of schools, then, you know, you're not going to get looked at by those higher levels very well. And so I just never felt like I had a really, really strong connected line into the upper echelon. And I felt very lucky to come across this Germany connection even. Um, And so I felt like that was my shot to prove myself and to work my way up um, because it wasn't the highest league in Germany. Uh, I think we were second maybe. And um, and I, I feel like I knew that I could get there. And and so I thought this was maybe my one chance because I knew I don't have any other connections anywhere. And I don't even, I've barely stumbled across this one to get me over there. And so I was like, I think I have to grind through this. And they, they told me, you know, with the, I had a avulsion fracture on the inside of my ankle um, from a contact injury. And they're like, you can't make it worse as it sits. It's just going to be really, really painful. And you're not going to heal obviously yeah. while you're playing on it. And so I'm like, okay, well then that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> this is maybe is my one shot. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah. So that's why I felt like I had to push through because I felt a little boxed in. Yeah. So looking back, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you're still pushing to like come from like the trial portion, which is still like very much, okay, you need someone to be actively looking at you, not just looking at a group and like necessarily finding you. Yeah. Uh, Looking back, would you take that same approach, do you think? Or do you think you would sit down with the training staff there and say, hey, I want to get through this injury because I want to be a better player on the back end versus having to sit out even longer afterwards, like dealing Mm. with Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think looking back on it now and in my experience and that kind of stuff, that would be the better route for sure. It would be very disappointing, very difficult, you know, to get that, what feels like that chance and then to have to kind of sit out and rehab. Um, but I do think that ultimately that would have been the stronger to just start rehabbing it then and being open to other possibilities. But back then I, you know, I didn't have the resources that I even do now too. So there's, it's a double-edged sword, I think. Um, and it almost, it almost got me to maybe start working my way up. Um, 
But at the same time, because I had that injury, it kind of mentally kept me from seeking out even harder that next level because I knew I wasn't 100%. And I didn't know when I was going to get 100%. Yeah. Um, because I was just trying to push through and finish out the season that I could. I mean, so. to me, it's similar to when you mentioned talking with your German teammates of they spoke English, but they didn't speak English very well. So they never even really tried. Um, and they kind of right. stayed compact within themselves. You do the same thing with your ankle, right? You were, you knew you could get by with it, but you didn't want to go somewhere where you might embarrass yourself because you weren't the player you knew you could be or that other people were that weren't injured. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yep. But also you're, you've gone through so much thinking, okay, this is my one shot. Like you got to college you say, okay, this is my shot. I came from like, I didn't have a name coming out of a single club. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. a local player necessarily. So this is my one shot. Got injured, built yourself a new shot in Germany. Same thing. Thought it was your one shot. Built yourself yeah. an opportunity somewhere else. To where you're getting trial opportunities now, which is more than a lot of players are getting because you keep working towards it, right? So True, yeah. Has that been a victory feeling for you knowing that you can always get another shot if you want to work hard for it or is it kind of a every time you have the same panic okay this is my one shot <laughs> no definitely no I definitely think that has broadened my mindset a little bit now too um and I think as time goes on too there's more people that think like you and I do, um, and coming across, you know, the academy that I'm training with now and the people running that um, is pretty incredible. They want to change things too, and they want to start doing things right that allows the right people to really get seen, you know, the really dedicated um, ones that want to be there. Um, and so, like, I definitely, yeah, there is some, a little bit more freedom, even though I'm older and it seems like that window should be more narrow compared to when I was young 20s or mid 20s that there's if you push for it hard enough and you look hard enough and keep working at it um, and keep doing the right things that eventually there could still be more opportunities that lead to what you're looking for yeah I definitely see that awesome so what growth do you want to see next with your career style of play, physical, anything like what, where do you want to grow more with these new, these next opportunities? Um, I think for me, like the biggest takeaway from my path so far and the injuries that I've had is to, cause I, like I said, I always had this weird intensity and passion where I just like, I'm go, go, go hundred yep. percent of everything into every soccer thing that I do and it's not always the smartest way to do that right so like you cannot run yourself into the ground at the same time and so it's taken a couple you know slaps to the face to be like hey like train yourself smarter like you don't always have to work harder like be intelligent allow yourself like I'm big into recovery and that kind of thing now in addition to obviously working hard and you have to as an elite athlete you have to tax your system right you have to push yourself yeah but it doesn't need to day after day run yourself into the ground in order to make progress and be the most fit you're actually going to make yourself more fit by being taking that more holistic approach and balancing your fitness and your strength and your recovery and your mobility and nutrition and hydration, all those things need to come together 
And so getting a wide array of knowledge of all those aspects and incorporating that into myself and with what I do as a trainer um, for other people and a coach, um, and then giving those athletes at a younger age that knowledge to come up with that sooner than what I got to do um, is a big deal for me. So So in all of your with the club you're with now you have access to a lot of youth players and so you're training people on the side um where do you find people lack the most is it that they just want to do technical stuff and they don't want to do the strength conditioning stuff because they don't necessarily see where it's going to pay off or if it's going to put them back or the nutrition side people just are like oh i can like i'm working hard so i can eat kind of whatever i want like where do you see Mm-hmm. biggest gap in not necessarily knowledge but attention from people i think i think that the strength and conditioning components is really kind of coming around i think people are kind of locking onto that of how that's important in athletics um and in, even in life a little bit but definitely athletics and how how that doing that side work can really uh create better performance in your sport and so even though that still is lacking, I would say that the nutrition knowledge and peace is definitely there because I, that's what I grew up with too, is like, you don't know any better and it's not anybody's fault necessarily, but it's like, yeah, you run around so much, you burn so many calories and exert so much energy, you can't eat. And that's what I did. I ate whatever I wanted until I took my first nutrition class in college. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should read the label and realize that I'm drinking two servings of 22 grams of sugar in every Gatorade that they shoved down your throat in college thinking that you're getting electrolytes and doing something beneficial to your body. And I'm like, Oh, that's why my stomach hurts after I run around for an hour and a half really hard, you know, like, uh, it's way too much sugar in my system. Cause not only am I also, I'm eating sugar too, because I felt like I could eat whatever I wanted. So, um, I was definitely slower, heavier, a little thicker in my younger years than I am now (laughs) for sure based off of learning on that. And so like that first, nutrition class, even though I don't feel like all that information, information was, um, as like complete, I guess, knowledge wise of what we really need to do because it was more calories in calories out. But really, I think when you break it down, I believe that calories are not all created equal. You know, if I have one calorie of a scoop of ice cream or something like that, and compared to one calorie of vegetables, like they're, it's your body chemically treats them differently and you're going to function better off of one over the other. Right. Um, and so that knowledge was lacking a little bit, but at least just the awareness of paying attention to what you're putting in your body, because I think most of us are not mindful. We just eat because we're like, okay, this tastes good. This makes me feel good. And I'm hungry and that's it. Right. And so just whatever's in front of you or what your parents put in front of you or whatever, uh, we were busy. Right. So we were eating McDonald's and Taco Bell all the time. Like, and you don't know any better. You don't realize, you know, and like, so I just, I think that awareness and kind of getting into that knowledge and I like digging into that stuff and I know not everyone can, right? So you go to an accountant if you're not good at numbers and taxes, which I would need to do because I don't want to do that. I don't want to research and I want you to do it. So, but this is my thing, right? So I like spreading that knowledge um, to people and digging into that. And I hope that that can be more widespread because it's, it's that kind of education is lacking for people for sure. Do you think that the youth, players or just players you're coming across now um are they receptive to that or are they kind of uh okay like yeah we understand and they don't take it very seriously 
I would say in regards to this, more the second one, because especially with food, it's really hard. When you're that young, your body is resilient and it processes more, right? So I'm dealing with a lot of 14 to 16 year olds. And when you do strength and conditioning training on the side, you can feel not super quickly, but fairly quickly within a few weeks, the difference in your performance. Food is harder to relate the way that you feel and the way you perform to it being what you've been putting in your body for several weeks. Um, as opposed to like, Oh, I've been training. I've been doing squats, you know, with weights and like my legs feel stronger. You can just kind of put that together. And so then they're like, okay, this, this process leads to this result, but the food is tougher to have that body inner awareness and feel. And so it doesn't seem like it's working, especially when your body is resilient at that age and it's processing. So like they can eat chips and soda and then feel almost the same as when they eat chicken and broccoli. Yeah. And they're like, well, why would I do that when I can do this at that time? Right. But they don't realize that that's slowly leading them down to the path of not feeling as great as they could and their body's not working as well as it could years later, instead yeah. of taking care of themselves along that entire route and rather than like eating like crap, eating like crap. Oh no, I don't feel good anymore. I need to change. Yeah. Do you think that a lot of the player data that's coming out now um, with different tracking systems and things like that um, is helping players identify, oh, I'm slower when I don't eat um, well versus when I had a good diet for the week leading up to a game um, Mm -hmm. much faster. Do you think that's something that players are starting to pay attention to? Or do you think that they're not putting those pieces together still? I think that that kind of tracking and knowledge helps for sure. Uh, I still think people are focusing more on the other aspects, unless you're talking about like higher levels. So the higher level you get, I think the more detail they pay attention to those nitty gritty stuff, like the real intense nutrition and, and that kind of thing and making sure that you're hydrated and that kind of stuff. But I think it is lacking in our youth programs quite a bit. Um, and so that knowledge needs to start trickling down towards the younger kids. So it can start at an earlier age, because I do think that people are kind of eating whatever they want. And if they have the talent and the genetics and the metabolism, you know, to get through the way that they've been treating their bodies to be still at an elite level, then all of a sudden they can, they start bringing in nutritionists for your team because they have that resource and they have that knowledge of like, we need to be as sharp as possible. And these little minute details is what gives us the edge over a championship or not for sure yeah and if you were a young player where would you start finding some of these things for yourself like because you've been in different areas you've got different backgrounds of education yourself so where should someone start they're like okay I want to start eating just a little bit better for my performance, like the week of games even, and that's it. Or Mm -hmm. I want to recover a little bit better after my strength conditioning sessions. Where do you think someone should start finding that information? Um, I think, I mean, the best would be through like coaches, I think like that's gonna like, and really you have to really harp on it to get kids at that age, I think to, um, understand so anyone that can have like contact in that group setting of kids who are already dedicated you know in training and 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 care in that regard right so it has to be 
there has to be some kind of dedication where if it's just for fun for them and just an activity, they're probably, they're going to take your information and hear it and maybe they'll apply it. Maybe they won't. But the ones that really already know at that age that they want to do something, even if it's, you know, just college or, yeah. or beyond or not, whatever, they just want to play at a high level and they're really competitive. They start to hear it, but they probably need to hear it a couple times. So from, from like, the coaches, I think, are a big deal, like uh, with the academy that we train with, like our coaches, like they talk about putting something in your body after training because you are doing more than your average person, right? You're running around a lot, doing some intense thinking and moving yeah. um, and like taking care of your body as well. They harp on nutrition. I think over and over again, those kids are hearing that and it will start to click and transfer over. Um, I know my coaches growing up didn't talk about that a whole lot, just a little bit um, here and there. And, and it's hard when I was one of those kids too. And I'm like, well, I can eat this and feel fine and like, you know, and be good. And, and I remember leaning into like tournaments and stuff and mom would be like, all right, you can't have a soda until after your championship game. Like when it, when it's done, like you cannot have any of that until you're done playing for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and then that, that was like a reward, not the best one now looking back on it, but um, but still something like, she's like, no, you just got to drink water, but it should have been sooner. You know what I mean? It's just this overall lacking of knowledge. Like at least that was something because it could have been, it could have been nothing. You know, she's teaching me what she knew at the time, which is awesome. Um, and that already started me on the trend of thinking like, no, you need to take care of yourself leading into these games. Um, you know, cause you're playing five games in two days at that age yeah. and a lot of work and, um, and so I think the coaches, I think any, if they like, like your setting, you know, if kids get injured and they got to come see you and that kind of stuff, like that can be a source of information too, especially in healing, right? Cause healing takes even more resources and energy from your body. So if you're not feeding it the right things, it's not going to heal as well. Um, but I think those where you're in a setting of your youth kids who are competitive and dedicated to something in a, in a craft and activity, and then hearing it a few times is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So if people want to reach out to you and just ask questions about some of the different resources you have or some of the education you can provide them, how can they find you to connect? Um, let's see. I've got um, on Facebook, yeah. which there's a lot of Jordan Clarks in the world. So that's a little difficult. <laughs> um, but I also um, Instagram is a good one as well well my instagram handle or i can even give my email or something like that too yeah i can include it all in the show notes so i'll get that okay. and put it in there so people can connect if they want to perfect yeah that would be good yeah well i appreciate you joining me on here today awesome. um, thank you for having me yeah it's great hearing your experience and all the things that you've learned taking a different route than a lot of people have taken and yeah jumping over a lot of those hurdles where some people would have quit when their knee got infected their sophomore year. They weren't, and they weren't having a great experience with some of their teammates and that kind of stuff. Like that's enough to knock a lot of people down. So hearing that not only can you get past that, but you can use that as an advantage to keep finding that next one opportunity. Yeah. Um, Cause that's all you, that's all it takes sometimes is just that one it's finding the right one. That's so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I really appreciate yeah. you um, providing that perspective for everybody. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yes, of course. Awesome. If you have questions for Jordan or questions for me, you know how to find me. I'm on Instagram at Odyssey Performance PT. 
And all of Jordan's information will be in the show notes and everything. So until next time, guys.